Today on Recliner Reviews, we're talking about an all-time great parody movie, which is... Spaceballs. The movie. Only one man and his trusted companion can save planet Druidia from disaster. Okay, Eagle Five, coming in. How do I know you're not making faces at me under that thing? All-time great parody movie, great Mel Brooks movie. I kind of wonder, we were talking about going through the notes on, on this and we were talking about some other Mel Brooks movies and it's just started to think about parody movies in general. Is the genre dead? Because I grew up with this movie. It was my, one of my favorite comedies as a kid. I watched Blazing Saddles when I was a little bit older. Um, there was this stretch in the early thousands of like <laughs> scary movie, scary movie two, three, four, like how many sequels they did, yeah. not another teen movie. They might have done a sequel to that one. Um, there's a 40-year-old virgin parody movie with Brian Callen, which panned. <laughs> there hasn't been one of these. And if, and if there has, it must not have been a commercial success in a while. That's just a straight parody of a genre or of a different movie in a while. And I'm wondering if like it looks cheap and crappy now. Like, to people turned off by him. I mean, that might be true. Um, while it is a parody, like I also don't view this movie as a parody. Oh, I view it entirely um, as a straight parody. Because, and, and there's a couple of reasons for that. Like, you have to look at it through the lens of what Mel Brooks has done, like with his movies, right? And so, like, yes, if you look at it through an over, like an overarching umbrella, all of his movies are parodies, right? It's a parody of a western. It's a parody of Frankenstein. It's a par, you know, like. But when you like kind of take a step back. It's also not because they stand alone. Like you don't have to have seen Star Wars or Star Trek or any of those types of sci-fi movies to have seen and understand this movie. I think it enhances it quite a bit though. Cause like I was a huge Star Wars dork when I was a kid and that opening scene with the spaceship and it just keeps going and yeah. going killed me cause it's the uh, yeah. A New Hope opening. I mean, yes, it, it, it certainly <clears throat> enhances it. But, I, but the way that I look at it, right, which is like when you look at the scary movies and all of those other like parody movies that came out like in the 2000s, late 90s, 2000s, you have to know what those other movies are to understand it and to like get the jokes in those movies because the jokes are literally from the other movies. You know, they take something yeah. from the other movie and make it its own joke. That's fair. This and a lot of Mel Brooks, right, even though it's a parody, it stands alone. It but, enhances it to know Star Wars or Western movies or Frankenstein, but it, it's not necessary. But would the existence of Dark Helmet Man be funny if he didn't know Darth Vader? I mean, yeah, because look, look at it as, it as itself, right? Like, you don't even know about Darth Vader. It's this dude wearing this giant helmet that is probably half of his size. I can't breathe in this thing! It's like the comedy, it's like the kind of slapstick comedy of, or visual comedy of, here's something that's, he's wearing something on his head that's like half of his body. You know, like there's certain elements of it. Like you don't need to know about Darth Vader necessarily to understand that Dark, dark Helmet is this guy and bumbling, stumbling. I guess, I see your point, but I think this, what your point does, what, you, what it's saying is it speaks to the genius of Mel Brooks. Because I, oh, sure. I think he is doing parody, but he can, he can create his own story Absolutely, it. 100%. And, this, and it's only, it, I mean, as far as I know, it's only Mel Brooks. Like, yeah. And that's why I love his movies. I, I mean, I've got I the box set at home. <clears throat> I, I love his movies. Again, that just talks to Mel Brooks, who is a, a genius when it comes to so much. Yeah. To the point where, I mean, you talk about the, the parody element of it, right? 
George Lucas loved this movie. Even though it was making fun I mean, of his movie. Like, it, it, it loved, he loved this movie. It would be the third best Star Wars movie if you, if you ranked <laughs> it. So I understand why he'd love it. It's better than most of his. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great movie. And I, I've got a, a fan theory or a theory or whatever that I want to get into in a little bit. But, like, I want to talk about the movie first before we get into the, to the theories. Sure. Because there's something that goes to Star Wars and Spaceballs that kind of connects everything all together. But one of the things that I think does so well, this movie, is all the references, right? Mm-hmm. To all of these other sci-fi properties. But you just, you, but hold on, you just said that you don't need to know no, no, the but, other ones. But, but you don't need to know, like for example, like here I, I, I wrote down all of the references, right? So the transfor- there's a Transformers reference, right? Yeah. When it becomes, when the ship becomes it, Mega Man, yeah, right? Fucking hilarious. You don't need to know that that has anything to do with Transformers. I guess, but it's so much funnier knowing that. Like, you don't need to know that that Transformers... Or, like, for example, the uh, Wizard of Oz. Like, when they're meeting Yogurt. Who dares enter the sacred and awesome presence of the everlasting know-it-all? Yogurt! I think think, think you kind of do need to know. It's way funnier. It makes it funnier, yes, but you don't need to know it to to appreciate okay, that scene or that humor. I don't disagree, but you and I are saying this as two people that did know. Well, for sure. So how do you, I, I mean, like, how do you take your, like, reprogram yourself to pretend like we didn't know? Touche. Touche. Mission failed. We'll get them next time. Well, well, here, here's an example, right? In the diner scene, which is referencing Alien, okay? Yeah. When the guy eats the food gets sick, oh no, he's getting sick, and they lay him out on the, on the bar, and the chest burster comes out, right? Which is a reference to Alien, which is great, but you don't need to know that and to make it funny because then the Alien comes out and, does and dance. tap dances yeah. and does the WB reference for, yeah. the, for the dancing frog. <laughs> but, but then you know the WB reference. Well, I mean, yes, but even if you don't know the WB reference, it's still funny. here's this scary-looking alien popping yeah. out of somebody's chest puts on a top hat, has a little cane, and starts singing Hello My Baby, whether yeah. you know that song or not. Like, that's funny. Like, and that's... then they change their orders after that happens. Uh, waitress! Waitress! Uh, what did he order? Uh, oh, he had a special. Uh, that's what I ordered! I changed my order to the soup! So, I, I, to your point, that was the one reference when I first saw this movie a couple times. I didn't get because I hadn't seen Alien. I, my, I think my dad had to explain to me the first time, like, it's a reference to a different movie. So that was the only one I was lost at. But the tap dancing is... Hysterical. You, so you got it. the Planet of the Apes reference at the end? I'm a huge Planet of the Apes fan. Oh, well, there you go. If we ever want to do it, I know it's not a comedy, Wait, I mean, but if we ever do yeah, an episode on that, I am a huge, have seen all five of the originals like a million times each. Yeah. Um, or like the, the Star Trek reference for the beaming yeah, down, right? I think everyone knows that. Where, yeah. where like, but even still, like even if you didn't know that was a Star Trek reference and he gets beamed down and his ass is in his front, <laughs> and, like, why didn't anybody tell me my ass was so big? Like, that's, that's just objectively funny, whether you yeah. know Star Trek or not. Yeah. Um, and that's what I think it works so well. And, I mean, those are some of the, like, some of the references that just kind of happen throughout this movie, in addition to, of course, all of the Star Wars references. Because yeah. I think the funniest and smartest gag scene in the whole movie is with uh, Yogurt, the Spaceballs 2, the search for, for more money, and, like, the, merchand- the merchandising. Because Star Wars, Star Wars is a weird thing where... I think the original and Empire Strikes Back are really good. 
They're great. Return of the Jedi is fine. They ask you how you are, you don't just have to say that you're fine when you're not really fine. It's it's kind of had some elements made for kids, but it's a it's a logical conclusion to that sequel. Yeah. The prequels sucked. Everyone knows that. They ask you how you are, you don't just have to say that you're fine. The sequels are even worse, in my opinion. So you're in a situation, from from my opinion, where there are nine movies and there's TV series, but just look at the movies. There are nine movies, or and then the Rogue One and the, those like not like. Non Part of the universe, but yeah, not, yeah, yeah. not so, in the like, trilogies, just, yeah. And Rogue One, I liked. But let's set those movies aside. Nine movies in sequence. Two of them are great. I would say one of them is good, and six of them are bad. And it's this huge universe that people love. And it's because of the toys, which I had a million of growing up. It's because of the video games, the books. There's this huge universe outside of just the movies that people obsess over. Which is weird because most of the movies are bad. Well, but let me take a, 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 a viewpoint here from slightly before your time, okay? So growing up, you had, for me, there was the original trilogy, yeah. right? And then there was nothing. The well, trilogy was out there, right? And I, so like, I was alive when there was nothing. I saw one of the first movies I ever saw in theaters was the uh, remastered. Okay. So I went and saw that, and then I lived off that until Phantom Menace came out. So, so, but what I'm what I'm getting at here, right, is like there was nothing. So you had all of these people searching out the books. Yeah. That were written, right? That were kind of like advancing the story, which actually tell you know I guess stealing from George Lucas where he says like it's it's a circle, like the story is a circle these people took it and was like, okay, well, here's what happens in the next trilogy. What was supposed yeah. to happen in the next trilogy was there. there is a kid, okay, which happens, I believe, from Han and Leia. And I think it was right? Ben Solo, yeah. But runs the same track that Luke runs, yeah. but Luke runs the same track that Darth Vader runs. So it's like the story keeps, it's, it's circles, and it just kind of keeps going and going, right? So everybody was searching for more Star Wars, because there wasn't Star Wars, right? That's where the merchandising comes from. And so they're, like, seeking it out, and they just want more and more and more, and then, you know, everybody's so excited because these new movies were coming out at the end of the 90s, and they end up being total shit. Yeah. But it was the searching for more. And so, like, you talk about the, the search for more money, right, and the merchandising element of it. This movie was so far ahead of its time, it foresaw that, like, there was, there was merchandising of... Star Wars, right? And I had, like, Star Wars figurines or, like, the trading cards or whatever. But it wasn't nearly the merchandising that it is now right. that the mouse has it. Right, right. So this movie foresaw basically Disney buying Star Wars and merchandising every single... Star Wars, the flamethrower. Star, you know, like, Star yogurt, the, the doll. Yeah. All but of those things. Even at the time, what movie... This came out in 87? Uh, 87, yeah. So this is... Uh, years after Return of the Jedi, and it's long before they even know there's going to be a Phantom Menace. And George Lucas is profiting off this universe he built of people wanting more of it. And yogurt captures that perfectly. And again, like you just said, foreshadows it getting way, way worse. Yeah. And that, that's my favorite scene in the whole movie, just because I think it's so brilliant, because it was true at the time, and it's even more true now. And I'm sure we'll get into the sequel talk. And I know how you feel about sequels of classic movies. This is actually one that I, if, if Mel Brooks can, like, was able to, to do it, if it was able to stay in like that, whatever team can put it together, 
I would welcome a Spaceballs 2 sequel because I think it would be hilarious and I think there's enough new material to make it funny. I mean, that if, if I was going to trust anybody to do a sequel, it's Mel Brooks. But he doesn't. And so, like, like History of the World Part 1, right? You think there's a Part 2. Yeah. There's no Part 2, right? That's right? Like, funny, too. That's, that's the joke, right? <clears throat> even the even two tying into History of the World Part 1 where... Uh, as part of the part two coming in part two, Jews in space, right? Like yeah. that's 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 Spaceballs two, right? Yeah, like the, yeah. the, the two. But if anybody was gonna do it, I would trust him to do it. But I don't want him to do it. That's fair. Like I, I because don't... I love this movie. Like I love this movie. Like I love my own mother coming to America. Like right. I love you know. Like I love. Um, any so many of the 80s movies it's it's 80s that really is the like right driving factor and i don't know if he's going to take on a production that huge at his age no i i can't imagine that like he would probably produce it but i can't imagine that he'd be sitting out there like actually guiding the whole thing which worries me which is why i wouldn't want want that to happen there's a lot of talent in this movie a ton uh bill pullman john candy joan rivers just voicing i know like funny and then, like, all of her little references that, she, you know. I wonder if she's glad. Just phenomenal casting at a time that, like, you needed to have this good cast to, to drive the, the comedy in this movie. Um, and John Candy's perfect as Bart. John Candy's, the, I think, the best yeah. in the movie. Just awesome. Just, just fantastic stuff. So we were talking earlier about uh, uh, doing you know, like uh, ad buys and stuff like that and, and all of the, like TikTok and, yeah. and uh, Instagram and them being very particular about language. The funny thing about this movie when it came out, it's rated PG. And the reason it was rated PG, because they said the word fuck a lot. That's so funny. Is it still uh, PG? Still PG? Uh, yes, I don't think it ever changes. I don't yeah, think well, you said when it came out. It was PG. I mean, well, yeah. I'm just saying, like when it came out, like, and at that time, PG... Was like nothing. Right. I mean, excuse me, I take it back. PG was something. Liar! Parental guidance, like, be careful. Like, now PG is nothing. Like, Disney movies are PG. Right. Even though they would be G back in the day. But, like, man, uh, just for for a couple of words, you know? I mean, I guess that technically there's violence with the lasers and whatever. Yeah, back then I think you had to really push it to to make a movie R. And now you have to really push it to make it G. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen a G movie. Like, I'm sure you watch I mean, them all the time. But. I don't even think they make G movies. Like, I'm watching Disney movies all the time. There's no way some of those movies are are G. They make B movies. I say something. You like jazz? <gasps> You're talking to humans. You're flying outside the hive. Do you have anything else in this movie? Oh yeah, I've got I've got a couple more things on this movie. I um, want to mention. Let Let's do the fan theory first, okay? I want to do this fan theory. There's a theory that's out there that Spaceballs is in the same universe as Star Wars. Like I said, this is the third best Star Wars movie. So so there you go. I mean, because it is in the same universe as Star Wars. And there's a couple of reasons why. Number one, when we see the the pan out shot at the beginning with the diner, the Millennium Falcon is parked (laughs) in the diner. So that's like, that's number one. Number two, they've got lightsabers. Yeah. Right? Well, sort of, yeah. I mean, they're lightsabers. I mean, don't... They don't have a, a like a handle. They're a ring. Yeah. But they're lightsabers. The Force. The Schwartz. Right. Even yeah. though they call it the Schwartz, it's the Force. A lot of dick references to the Schwartz too. Well, I, I actually write this down. So, the Schwartz, Schwartz, Schwartz. And please correct me if I'm wrong on this, but Schwartz is Yiddish 
for like dark illegal. Oh, okay. So this is what kind of goes towards connecting the two universes together. But it, yes, it could be a reference to Star Wars and the dark side and everything, or it could just be, as I write down, just a bunch of dick jokes. Which it probably is, were, both are funny. I first saw this, I must have been like eight years old, because I was a huge Star Wars fan, the youngest child, so my parents don't care if I'm exposed to vulgarity. And I thought Schwartz was like a reference to a penis. I mean, when he says your Schwartz is as big as I know, as but I grew up thinking but, that word just meant like dick, yeah. until this moment. So anyway, so tying the, that back together, okay? Theory goes, yogurt is actually a Sith Lord. And yogurt... Like Jar Jar Binks. Like Jar Jar Binks. Like Jar Jar Binks. They're both Sith Lords. And yogurt is teaching Bill Pullman's character the dark side as he's doing all of this. In particular, again, because of the Schwartz. Schwartz meaning dark, illegal. The dark side, Schwartz. And it's all part of the same universe. Yes, it's in different you know, uh, areas of the vast outer space. But they're both part of the same universe. I mean, it's it's way better than most of the Star Wars crap. I mean, it's That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's because it's hilarious. This movie yeah. is straight up hilarious. From all of the like little jokes, the the how many assholes are on this ship? How many assholes we got on this ship, anyhow? Yo! I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. And everybody <laughs> raises their hand except for one dude. He goes, "I'm surrounded by assholes." Like that line. Mr. Coffee. What's the matter with this thing? What's all that churning and bubbling? You call that a radar screen? No, sir. We call it Mr. Coffee. Care for some? Mr. The Mr. <laughs> everything, right? Yeah, Mr. Mr. Whatever. The, the, the joke where they're combing the desert. <laughs> and they're literally combing the desert. We ain't found shit. I mean, just so many little... And it's that's typical of Mel Brooks and his humor. But just phenomenal. And this movie... Just, I mean, it just holds up and holds up and holds top, up. Top 10, I mean, I, I think it's going to get to a point where this is a gag in and of itself that I call enough movies a top 10 comedy that there's, I'm going to call like 27 movies that at some point, but top 10 comedy 100%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's hard because so many of Mel Brooks's comedies are top 10 comedies. Yeah. But yeah, top 10 comedy. I Score? I, yeah, I, got, go, you, uh, yeah. I think it's really high. I think it's like a 7-8. Seven, 7-8. Eight. Seven, eight. I think that... I'm, I'm, I'm trending in the same area all all day today. Um, I'm going to say 7-1 because, oh, wow. because of it being a parody and people like Siskel and Ebert being like, oh, this isn't funny. Well, yeah, it's it's hilarious. You just don't appreciate it. But I'm going to say like 7-1. Seven, 7-1. One. Seven, one. Oh, wow. I'm disappointed. I thought it was going to be like one of the highest rated comments. I mean, I think it should be. Um, although I will say... Uh, spoiler alert, I think Blazing Saddles just blows Oh, oh yeah. Uh, we'll get to that. Out, yeah, of the, yeah. out of the water. But. Okay, 7-1, underrated. 